Simple Life Together, Episode 43. Are you making the most of life's experiences? Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. On the last episode of the show, we learned all about the upside of downsizing, and we shared a few of the benefits of living life at the right size now on your terms. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about life experiences, and we're going to share some points that we took away from our recent travels this summer. You know, it can be way too easy to just go along in life and keep your head and eyes straight forward and just kind of plowing ahead. But when we do that, we often miss out on the importance of the experiences that life offers us along the way. Wouldn't it be great if these experiences could make our journey simpler, more enjoyable, easier, and best of all, more fulfilling? Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what we want to touch on today. We want to go over some of our recent travel experiences from the summer trip, and we want to highlight three specific takeaways for us, and hopefully for you too. How sharing your story is important to help you and others grow, how the simple things in life are the most satisfying, and how capturing lessons learned sparks continuous improvement. But before we get into all of that, first, I think we need to give you a little bit of background. And Vanessa, I think that's your alley. Okay, well, this past summer, we went on a road trip and rented a teardrop camper trailer that's made by a company called Campin. And we drove all the way to Wisconsin here from San Antonio to visit the factory and pick up the trailer. And it was an awesome tour, and we were so excited to get to use the camper. But before we took off, we were given some specific instructions on how to take care of the camper. But we were also told that we were expected to write in their camp-in journal. And basically, they have this journal that they keep with the camper for when they rent it. And they ask all the people that rent it to write a story about their experiences. But Marty, who is their operations like supervisor. Right, of the he's the operations there. manager for the whole plant that makes these trailers. <laughs> and he was very specific. He's like, hey, listen, I don't want to hear about how great this camper is. We know how great this camper is. We know <laughs> it's like the Rolls Royce of campers. That's why we're buying one. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, I want real stories. I want to hear the funny things that happen, the crazy things that happen. Tell us how you had to run away from a bear or something like that. And it was like he knew that... You know, the other stuff is just kind of boring. That's just stuff. You want to hear about experiences. And so, like the good obliger that I am, um, I was in charge of keeping track of the many stories. And we were fortunate to have the camper for about three weeks. So we had a lot of stories to tell. Oh, yeah, we sure did. (laughs) And so at the end of the trip, I was able to capture the different things that happened. And it was just, it was really kind of fun to go over that. And so the other day, Dan and I were looking at the, I took pictures of it basically because I couldn't take the journal with me, obviously. So I took pictures and I saved it in Evernote. Evernote. (laughs) And we were kind of looking over our stories and laughing and then, and then Dan came up with this well, crazy... Yeah, true to form, you know, military background going to show through here. Mm-hmm. But typically after we do an operation or a mission or something like that in the military, uh, we do what's called a hot wash or an after action review to collect our lessons learned. So we kind of incorporate that in our personal lives too. So after we get done with something, we go through it and say, okay, what went right? What went wrong? Um, how are we going to do it better next time? How are we going to do it better next time? Mm-hmm. Lessons learned. You know, it's not to assign blame. If something goes wrong, it's to learn from it. Right. And so that's what we kind of did with the, with the camping trip. And so we just want to make sure that we get as much as we can from that experience because it was a fantastic experience. So what we're going to do today is... 
Well, what we're going to do is we are going to read some of the entries that that I wrote in the journal. And I'm going to start off with the title, and I'm just going to do a quick excerpt on what my entry was. And then we're going to talk about how that kind of, uh, how each one of those experiences brought out some type of a lesson learned or something that we could take back with us, one of those takeaways like Dan mentioned yeah, earlier. And, and also some of what we've learned together so far as a family on this simplifying journey. Right. Right. So, so you get to go camping, folks. <laughs> so, so let's go ahead and just jump into it. So you get to hear all of our crazy stories. Um, but the first thing, before I even had a chance to write into the journal, before we even took off from the factory, <laughs> we were all hooked up and ready to go, or maybe not. What happened was we had a dead car battery. I mean, we were ready to roll out of the factory. <laughs> Trailer was hooked up. The, the big garage doors from the factory were open. Actually, the truck was, the front of the truck was kind of sticking out that. Uh-huh. We're like, all right, we'll see you later. <laughs> Click. Click. <laughs> yeah. Click. <laughs> Nothing. So it, yeah. Was, it was really, it was just a shock to us. We're like, how in the heck did we make it all the way here? And of course, the second we're about to embark on our adventure, the car battery right. dies. And it, then we end up being there an hour or two longer because we yeah, had to go back and forth. We sure did. And you know, some of the things we took away from that were, you can't let a dead car battery mess up your journey yeah. you know nobody said nobody said this life journey or a summer vacation journey is going to be easy or perfect and all that right right you just have to kind of be prepared to roll with the punches a little bit and thankfully we had one of the owners one of the two owners of this company was there craig to ferry us around a little bit and yeah. help us find a new battery because the battery at that point was beyond saving and so you know we just said okay well we can let this frustrate us or we can uh, just accept it as part of the experience, and we can move on. We can't let it put a damper on the rest of the trip. Yeah, so I think really the big lesson learned there was it's all about your attitude, you know. What we used to say in the military sometimes, when things were just really rough, or soaking wet out in the field, and in this, you know, out, been out in the field for four days, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I just it, wish I could suck more. Yeah, <laughs> you this, know? this sucks, yeah, I wish I could suck more. <laughs> You really didn't want it to, but you're like, I'm ready for it. Yeah, Whatever. It what are you going to throw it at me, you know? Yeah. So that was how it, that's how our journey started, but it got better. It got great <laughs> after that. So the very first thing that I wrote in the journal was menacing mosquitoes. We thought that they were bad in Texas. Nasita's mosquitoes were vicious. Bug spray couldn't keep these buggers away. Not one bit. No kidding. So tell them about the mosquitoes, Dan. Well, yeah, they were... The size of your head, and uh, no, not, not that bad. I lived in North Dakota for about eighteen months, and uh, and you know the mosquito is like the state bird there, and uh, it's they're huge, and this and they were, they were pretty bad in the Cena too. But it kind of took me back to that, that that whole I wish it could suck more thing, you know. I mean, the people around were great. The little town is is as cute as can be, yeah. And but you, if you let these little darn mosquitoes mess with you that bad it's like uh the dalai lama used to say um he had a saying that uh i'm paraphrasing this obviously because i I forget how i was there when he said it i just remember (laughs) (laughs) i used to caddy for him but um no the um (laughs) the uh yeah i went there but uh he used to say if if you think that uh you're too small to make an impact in the world try sleeping with a mosquito and it's so true <laughs> yeah. a little thing can have an, a big impact but it's all about the attitude so right. you prep for it you know a little bit of bug spray or a lot of bug spray in this case long sleeve clothing yeah maybe a 12 gauge <laughs> shotgun with mosquito shot or something yeah. but you can't let little mosquitoes get in the way no 
And, you know, and, and we joke about today how, you know, the second we opened up the car, we had about a dozen on each of us. Yeah. <laughs> but it was okay. But they weren't really that menacing. It didn't, yeah. it didn't mess, our atti- mess up our attitude at all. We just no kidding. did I have mean, fun. So my face looked like bubble wrap for a while. Mosquito bites, <laughs> no big deal. All right. Well, the next entry was, who brought the heat? Nothing like trying to escape 95 to 100 degree weather just to get stuck right back in it. Got to New York just in time for, guess what? Record temperatures. Yay for us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once, once again, it's, it's, I think it's... We were escaping San Antonio heat to get to nicer summer weather, and it was hot as could be. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was their, it was their big heat wave for the summer. <laughs> we brought it with us. But again, we had to... I mean, it was no hotter there than it was here. Right. It's just that they're not really built for it like we're built for it here. But we're in a camper. We're in a campground. And you can't... It's the summertime. The temperature was really no different there than it was here. So it's really just the perspective of it. And we weren't all that hot. A lot of people were just miserable. But it was just par for the course for us. So we just had to learn to embrace it and have a good time. And we cooled off in the water and did what we had to do. It was just a different element that we were in so it didn't seem as bad to us so yeah i think that sometimes you, you're faced with the same type of challenges but if you are transported to a different place or whatnot it gives you a different perspective on life and right. in a, in a diff- again it's that whole attitude thing it's huge it's huge so the next thing i wrote in the journal was simple fun tubing on the lake we spent the day on rushford lake a man-made lake that they drain every year our son had a blast smiling so big he was catching bugs in his teeth and the rest of us had tons of fun with family, cousins, and... It was. It was a great time. It and we, was awesome. We mentioned that as like our big takeaway from the, uh, from the trip in a previous podcast. But the whole thing really boils down to on this, this simplifying journey of, without a doubt, it's experiences versus things that are going to make us happier. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the boat. It wasn't the tube. It was just us. And I, yeah, the family enjoying the outdoors. Everyone was having fun. We were working together, you know, from preparing the snacks and getting out on the boat and encouraging everybody to get a chance to tube or whatever. But the favorite part, I think, of the day was when we were just hanging out underneath that big dock, that double-story dock. Yeah. And encouraging and supporting the cousins out there, like our yeah. nephew, to, so, to take a jump. And So, yeah, I mean, they, they did have a blast tubing and everything, but when we got to that dock... You know, it's, they're jumping off the second story of a dock. So it's probably, probably about 15 feet off the water, I think. And for some of the younger kids, that's a long way down, yeah. you know. And some of the cousins had done it before because that was their vacation spot. But the other ones of the cousins hadn't done it before. Hey, I was nervous to do it too. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and uh, just the cool thing was it didn't, take, it didn't take stuff for them to have a good time. They're kids. And they're going to find a way to have a good time. You know, they're out there for the experience. And when some of the younger cousins, actually some of the older cousins too, when they they hesitated a little bit jumping off the dock, nobody was pressuring them. It was all encouragement. You know, dude, you can do it. You can do it. You know, it's great. We weren't saying, don't be afraid to cat or anything. Exactly. It was very supportive. No no chicken, you know, you chicken jump, you know, so-and-so did it. Why can't you do it? It wasn't like that at all. It was really, really encouraging. And it was the thing that it was one of those times that they are going to remember for their entire lives. It's better than any, you know, they're never going to remember a video game that they played, which they, they did, you know, back when we weren't camping. But they, you know, they played video games together in that general experience of, of playing with, with um, a thing versus an experience. They'll remember that, you know, Maybe. But, uh, but they will definitely remember 
jumping off that dock mm-hmm. and tubing behind the boat and and all of those things. And I think it, I thought it was just awesome. Yeah, definitely. And it, you're right. Definitely experiences versus things will make you happier or yeah. you'll just remember and value those those moments much more, I think. Yeah. So the next thing I wrote in the journal was, Jellystone and help, we're surrounded by McMansion RVs. <laughs> <laughs> we checked into this park and thought, this is camping? It's pretty cool for a couple of days with the family, you know. They had a lot of things to do, like mini golf, arcade. They had a water park, fishing and swimming. But then it was just like, wow, we were surrounded by huge RVs. Yeah. And it was crazy because, you know, you, you get kind of, and we got sucked into this. We thought this is going to be great for the kids. They're going to, there's plenty to keep them happy. It's like we were worried that we weren't going to keep the kids entertained enough. And so they sell you on all the different gadgets and things that you can, that, of what you're going to be able to do at this park. And then it turned out the kids hardly did any of those right. things. Yeah, they uh, to get to a lot of them, it's a it's a pretty long walk. Which you know they're not opposed to walking, but I think they do that so they can rent you the golf cart for fifty or sixty dollars a day. Yeah. You know, who wants yeah. to go camping and rent a golf cart? That's not camping. It's crazy. You know, but uh, anyway, and nothing bad against the park. It was a very nice park. It was extremely well run and very clean. Yes, but it was it was a resort park, and I think that. It has a lot of potential for people who are getting away for the weekend, but we were there for 10 days, and I would be willing to bet that of all of the things that they provided uh, in the park, from miniature golf to to laser, not laser tag. pedal carts. Pedal carts. Basketball, something, courts, whatever. And they, I think of all those things, we maybe used 10%. Yes, absolutely. And and the kids had a lot more fun. Just hanging on the campfire or playing football in the field across yep. the way, just hanging out. And yes, they enjoyed the, the water for, but I think only one day of that because we yeah. were so busy doing other things. Yeah. Just We had so much more fun doing other stuff. So I guess the takeaway here is that is, you know, don't get tied into or don't get fooled by all the bells and whistles, you know, because it, it's not really, that's not really what's going to buy you those experiences in the right. good time. Yeah, those are kind of like manufactured experiences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes that stuff can be fun. Yeah, you're without right. a doubt. It's just so happens that you probably have more fun playing hide and go seek or something like that. You know, right. things that any kid can identify with, Absolutely. and that it also lets you meet other kids and and all that. But the thing that I really took away from there was with all of these different RVs around us. I mean, huge motorhomes and fifth wheel trailers and all this stuff. And here we are in this tiny little 50 square foot camping uh, raindrop, teardrop camper, right? And we had to give four tours a day. Yeah, it was like suburbia in the woods. Like we had all these tons of RVs. Yeah. And then, but yeah, you had to, you had to up the camp. But they all houses. came over to, to they, uh, everybody wanted a tour of our little teardrop. And you know what they all said too? They're like, Man, that's what we need to do. Yep, exactly. We need to simplify too. We're like, yep. Yep. Because <laughs> we are with them. We've talked about this too in past episodes about how our journey kind of started, how we used to talk about getting one of those big... Class A RVs. Yep, yep. class A RV motorhomes. And uh, totally, totally switch gears on that. Yeah. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> so, so yeah, people would stop by and they would... And they'd be there for like an hour. And it's like, come on, people. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of felt like, oh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But they loved how we had it kind of kitted out and uh, how organized it was. Yeah. And, and the, um, but they, I mean, the, re- the design, you just get, can't get past that. It's yeah. beautiful. It's without a doubt awesome. Well, talking about the RV park, the next entry that I have is Flicks in the Sticks. And basically, what this was about, this entry was about, we brought a little Pico projector so that we can do 
in a movie screen so that we can do outdoor movies. Right. And it was amazing how many people were checking us out and were like, yeah. I want to be a part of that too. So these tiny little Pico projectors are, are um, maybe twice the size of an iPhone and it shoots a, an almost high definition image. And we, you could just put up a sheet between a couple of trees or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had this little movie screen that we just kind of hung off of it, off the edge of a tent. And, you know, family movie night, how fun that is if you did that when you were a kid or everybody getting around and everybody's watching a movie. Well, we just did that outside. And with all these big RVs around and some of these motorhomes, I bet you had three or four big flat screen TVs. Oh, them. sure. Yeah. And but it was just something about doing this outside, bring a chair and sitting around watching this movie on a on a sheet that, I mean, these kids from these big RVs were walking by and they're like, I want to keep camping with you guys. <laughs> it, was, it was really the neatest experience. Yeah. To me, it's, it was it's like this nostalgic type of feeling for me it reminds me of when i was a kid and we would go to drive-in movies yeah um and even then it was getting kind of that drive-in movies were kind of getting old i guess yeah. but uh but it was still so cool to go there because you're still outdoors you still feel free and yet you're enjoying this exp- you felt like you're enjoying this experience with these strangers around you in these other cars it was just kind of cool yeah i don't know what it is and why it's so cool it's just like i'm watching crazy technology at work out here in the great outdoors right. <laughs> same I time wish there so. was more of those around yeah, it was really cool. So that was kind of neat. Yeah. Now, the next entry in the journal was how not to fly a Chinese floating lantern. Forget Yogi Bear. We need Smokey the Bear. We had the pleasure of watching a few folks attempt to fly these lanterns that you light with a fire in a can, sterno. One lantern drifted right into the woods and got stuck in a tree and caught on fire. Thank goodness it was wet up there in western New York. In Texas, that's like an indirect fire weapon for arsonists. <laughs> they, they even outlaw lightning bugs in Texas. They're just too dangerous. <laughs> Here's an idea. Maybe check the wind direction first before launching a firebomb in the woods. That was just so funny. We're sitting there watching this happen from across our campground, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm freaking out. Because in Texas, I mean, the second <laughs> fire hits the ground, I mean, you're, you're just worried it's going to take off. Right. Dan's just like, it's wet. Don't worry about it. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's a fire like 20 feet in the air in that tree. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the funny thing was it's, it's, it's really dark, right? Yeah. And these people roll in on their, on their uh, golf cart. Golf cart yep. Yeah. And so they didn't have a flashlight, and they're trying, you can hear them over there. It's just they're trying to read these directions, and no, you do this. No, you do that. And they're arguing back and forth trying to get this Chinese lantern set up. And then, obviously, they had no plan no preparation for this. Nope. And and honestly, probably no clue about the potential disaster that could possibly be caused by them. And so so they get out there, they light this thing, <laughs> it floats up like 40 feet yeah, right into a, a clump of trees. I mean, they're right next to the woods. Where is it going to go? You know, so it flies right in this clump of trees and sticks there. And this guy's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, that can't be good. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, this is going to be good. Get me a beer. So, <laughs> But luckily, luckily it burned itself out. And it did. It didn't catch anything on fire. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, I, but I hope they did a little hot wash or after action review on their own no actions. You yeah. Know? But that it just goes to show you, you got to have a plan. Yeah. Check the wind direction. Yeah. Lick that thumb, stick it up, figure it out. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Oh, wait, what do you got next? Okay, the next one is Kissing a Fish. Our five-year-old little girl and 15-year-old son and I caught fish for the first time. The girls even kissed their first catch. <laughs> Pretty impressive considering they were wearing skirts while they fished. 
Uh-huh. Girl power. Girl power. That's right. That's right. I, I can't believe Fishing in a skirt. Actually, that wasn't our son's first fish. His first oh. fish was when he was like three at a Boy Scout camp. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But uh, that's the first one that he remembers. So what was so cool about this experience, so, Dan? Here's the, here's the cool thing. The, where we caught, uh, or where you guys caught the fish, was my cousin has uh, a cabin out in the woods. It's a pretty long drive from where we were staying, but it's absolutely beautiful. And the thing that's so cool is he built this cabin uh, initially with his brother. They cleared the land. They stopped counting at like 3,000 trees that they had to cut down to clear their land. And and they built this cabin with their with their own hands. And That's amazing. That was their dream. They went out there. They did it. You know, it's simple. There's no electricity there. They still run generators. There's an outhouse. and <laughs> and um, But it is absolutely beautiful. And then they also... My one cousin who, who who now owns this cabin by himself, he dug out a big, beautiful pond. Huge. And um, so that's where the kids were fishing. And I just... Well, they had a floating dock in the middle of it, too. Yeah. So they had a little... They had a dock that came off from, obviously, the grounds. Yeah. But then in the middle, they had a floating dock. Yeah. And, and so it was deep and... enough so they could... Yeah, and paddle boats. And so it was deep enough to jump off and go swimming. And yet, um, like you said, they can go fishing and paddle boating and all that kind of stuff. It was yeah. really, really neat. And... The coolest thing for me was getting to see people in my family who I, either I hadn't seen in years or some I had, you know, cousins, kids who I'd never even met before that are adults and have their own kids, you know, and, and I've, I mean, we're connected on Facebook or whatever, but I never actually met them in person or if I have, it's been over 30 years. And just to have that time with family and then to, and I could feel my cousin, I could feel his pride yeah. At being able to be in a place where he can host this event with all the all of us there, yeah. and it's it's not like he had to spend millions of dollars to do it. He's a uh, you know he's like us, you know he's he yeah. but he built it with his own two hands. It's like his own little piece of him and his wife. I should say. I think she did most of the tree tree hauling. Oh. <laughs> She's awesome. But I mean, it's like their own piece of, of of freedom. But it's I guarantee that that simple cabin without the electricity and without house and this beautiful pond probably creates a lot more memories than just their standard cookie cutter home. Yeah. You know, and so to me that was just the simple thing of getting together with family and just having simple fun is just really what it's all about. Yeah. You know, so. And for the record? Oh, yeah. We properly floated a Chinese lantern (laughs) that day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Dan's uh, niece, who's actually more like our age. Yeah. They brought a lantern, and we actually read the directions, checked the wind direction, and properly floated that lantern. It and was that, beautiful. And it floated quite a ways away. <laughs> that was really cool. Okay, moving on to the next entry. This one's titled, Four-Wheeling with the Amish. Well, not really, but we were four-wheeling in a big Amish community. <laughs> the kids got a kick out of seeing horse-drawn carriages and men with long beards and what they called pilgrim hats. Um, but seriously... Coming from a family that admires simple living, we admired their simple lifestyle. So it was really kind of neat to see they have some beautiful homes, simple but beautiful, well-built homes. And this cabin that we were visiting, a lot of it was built by uh, Amish woodworkers and... And stonemasons. Yeah, and craftsmen and stuff. It It was really quite impressive. Yeah. This was a different cabin. This was my nephew's wife's father's cabin. So it's not the same one as my cousin's. And... I don't think we have a lot of Amish listeners, <laughs> but, but probably not. Probably not. But the, I mean, the, the cool thing was, you know, I know we've always said that we're uh, in our circles, we're a little bit different because of uh, the way we choose to live and, yeah. and, and so forth. And 
they're obviously different than a lot of people that surround them as well. And I grew up not directly in Amish communities, but when we went camping when I was a kid, we would go towards Amish communities. Sure. And everywhere we went, they were so respected and valued in the community and their ethics of hard work and craftsmanship and, and so forth. People don't look at them as, they look at them as obviously different from themselves, but not weird. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, and certainly not ridiculed. It's, uh, they're just, I think they probably admired them in some regards too for how, how they're able to live so simply. Right. And I just, I would love to spend some time and learn from them. Yeah. You know, I think that would be really cool. That would be. Yeah. So that was really neat. And we had a good time four wheeling again with, uh, nephews and nieces and their kids and we had a good time (laughs) so up next is okay taste of buffalo and we talked a little bit about taste of buffalo before. oh we did we're way too old for pub crawls so why not a food crawl buffalo new york is known for good food so when we couldn't decide what or where to eat we decided to try several of our favorite places places like mighty taco john and mary's pizza subs mamosers for their wings Bella's for the pizza, and Fain and Seal's for frozen custard. Uh, I mean, these places are icons where I come from, (laughs) right? But the big lesson learned there was that, you know, you can't have everything in life at one time. You know, Mm -hmm. if you do, you probably wouldn't be happy. If you you ate all all of those foods at one, in one sitting, you'd be, you'd be hating life. Yeah. It's like that old adage that too much of any good thing isn't a good thing. Right. That's probably not an adage. But but too much of any positive becomes a negative, right? And it would be the same if we tried to eat at all these places at once and and get our fill at each one. Right. I think, you know, and it is, it's comfort food. It's not really the healthiest for you. So we decided to do little, you know, what are called small bites of comfort, you know? Um, Of course, I did talk about in that past episode about how over that course of a month, though, it really did... I did uh, overindulge. I did overindulge and, and paid the price. I'm back on track, though. <laughs> back on track. But it was just kind of neat how we didn't pick any one spot to go stuff our faces and, and, and feel miserable that night. We just decided to try a little bit of all of it. Because sometimes you get faced with um, that analysis paralysis, you know, unable to make a decision just because there's so many choices. Well, we just kind of tackled it from a different angle and said, well, let's try a little bit of all of it. Yeah. Just you know, quick little bites and be on our way. And it was really a cool experience. And we'll always remember that too. Yeah. And that was just us too. That was just you and I kind of going back and forth. So, uh, the kids, the kids were with somebody else that night, right? It was our date night. It was our date night. Yeah. Very cool. It was awesome. (laughs) So our next adventure or entry in the journal was what we have to check out today. Funny thing about vacations, you tend to not check emails or your calendar and just seem to lose track of time. <laughs> well, we lost track of our time on this trip. Just as we were sitting down to eat after driving 40 minutes from our campsite, we got a call that we had to check out and that the next campers were waiting for our site. Oops. <laughs> so we hightailed it back and packed up camp right away. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> almost true, the way the, the way the journal entry reads. What really happened was... I had put this in the Google Calendar because, you know, we spent 10 days at um, at Jellystone at the big RV park. Right. And then we were going to spend 10 days at Spragbrook, which is where I camped when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I had that in my Google Calendar, and it sent me a reminder the day before. Or it sent me a reminder that morning, I should say. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's the reminder for tomorrow. Uh-huh. I mean, I just, I did not trust the system that uh-huh. I had yep. in place. 
And actually, when they called, they said, uh, you were supposed to check out 45 minutes ago. <laughs> and so the other people were already there. And it's not like they could just give them another uh, campsite right. because they were with a group of people and they had a whole block of campsites there together. Jeez. So, you know, boil it down to once once you get something in your head, sometimes that overrides the systems that you have in mm-hmm. place. And I think it's it's kind of like back in the day when I used to scuba dive. They used to tell you, you know, always trust your depth gauge and your and your regulator to make sure you have enough air to come back up. And a lot of people get a little bit overconfident as they get more experience. Oh, or when uh-huh. I was parachuting too, it was like that too. You always got to trust the system, trust how you are trained, and and use the system to your advantage. And I just uh, I just had it in my head for some reason. We had one more day there. Well, you know, it remind, it reminds me of how I. I'm always about keep up with your routines, always establish your routines and, and try not to stray from them. But sometimes that happens when you're in a new element or a different place, yeah. you kind of lose track. And we did, that's what we happened to us. We lost track of it. Or there's something that you say all the time. It's the trust but verify. Yeah, that's courtesy of President Reagan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I should have I should have trusted you but verified with you. There you go. <laughs> and so, I mean, even me as a backup, I was just kind of trusting Dan to, that he, because he had set up the reservations and all that kind of good stuff and usually I do that stuff but he was in charge of that that whole process and so I was just like I'm just going with the flow here I'm on vacation too so. well one of the things that we mentioned when we were uh, that day that we didn't really talk about much in the in our little after action report as we were doing it was when we got back we broke that campsite down in an hour I mean and that's that's the two big tents that was everything everything yep. and and put it all away and were able to drive off and that's a testament to um, how we kind of keep things organized as we go. Right. And everything's kind of in its place. But there is there are some functions that had to take place in, in order for us to be able to pull out of there. But it would have taken us a lot longer mm-hmm. if we didn't have those other established routines and everything by then. And the routines is one thing, too. And then also on the way to back to the campsite, we were establishing who's going to do what. We were yep. delegating tasks and, you know, like. Our son, you're going to do this, and yeah. Sunshine, you're going to do this, and Dan was responsible for such action. You know, so we just we were we were just in action mode, right? And so, <laughs> what is that time called? I talked about it last week. Left of the line, ah, left right? of the because, line, because yeah, yeah. yeah. That, our time started once we got there. We couldn't do much before Sorry. we got there. Sorry about the crickets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's our, that was our left of the line yes. time. So planning, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, and you know went, went right back into mission mode. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's how we roll, right? <laughs> that is how we roll. All right. <laughs> so the next entry is a rookie move. <laughs> Got to have a rookie move. We right? got to have a, mo- a rookie move. Well, we were rookies. I mean, when you think about it, we were rookies with a camper right? or a trailer. Yeah. So here's the entry. We get to our next campground, Spragbrook County Park. It's a hidden gem. Dan used to camp here all the time as a kid. It was beautiful. Anywho's, we set up camp and settled in for the night. Yes, I spelled anywho's. I wrote in the it. journal? I actually wrote yeah. it that way. <laughs> it's my signature. Anyway, the next morning we discovered the raccoons got to our trash. We found our leftover pizza box about 50 feet away. Yeah, we had pizza at the campground. We were roughing it. <laughs> pizza from Bella, Bella's. We failed to abide by one of the Ten Commandments of camping. Always, always stow away your trash. Yeah. Rookie move. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> so it was kind of like the uh, the previous entry we just talked about about kind of straying away from our routines, right. it's going to bite you. It's going to get you off track or, you know, yeah, <laughs> cause a potential mess, which that did, literally. It sure There's did. trash everywhere. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, like 
military missions, you have SOPs, your standing operating procedures, and you have different checklists and so forth. And you run your SOPs, you run your checklists, it doesn't matter. I mean, would you, as a, as a passenger, would you want to fly on an airplane that the pilot didn't run the checklist on, just kind of did it from memory? Uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want raccoons getting in the plane. Yeah, definitely. So, there you go. So, we... we <laughs> <laughs> So the moral of the story here is remember your routines yep. and always do your trash. Yep, <laughs> Keep the raccoons away. <laughs> okay. So the next story is bear hugging an old friend. It's a small world. The guy in the next campsite went to school with Dan about 30 years ago. When catching up on old times, the guy's eyes start rolling in the back of his head and he collapsed like he was having a stroke or a seizure. The last thing the guy said was, I can't swallow this pepper I just ate. Then he went down. So Dan did the Heimlich and worked to revive him. Dan's dad and the dude's father-in-law first thought Dan was giving him a bear hug. <laughs> they, they got a clue when Dan yelled for them to call 911. Good times. By the way, the guy fully recovered right there at the campsite. He said this happens about once every 10 years. Dan got lucky, apparently. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. <laughs> I thought the guy was a goner. His eyes rolled in the back of his head and mm. he just collapsed. Mm. But... You know, it's it's like we talk about the the intersection of preparation opportunity. Yeah. That if you've been in situations like that before, or, if, or even if you haven't, if you if you've just been trained to be in situations like that before, it's very important to let that training kick in and not freak out. Right. And you had twenty seven plus years of first responder training, so yeah. Well, the funny thing, some serious lessons learned from that were um, neither my dad nor his dad would have any idea how to even use a cell phone. Yep. You know, I mean, we were out in the middle of nowhere. They don't even know how to turn on an iPhone, you know, because, I mean, my dad's in his late 80s. He doesn't mm-hmm. have any need for an iPhone. And, right. and But it's it's those things that you have to consider when it's just you and one or two other people out mm-hmm. there. And it's not always a safety thing or it may not always be a life or death matter. It may be just be a matter of convenience. In this case, it was kind of um, or potentially could have been life or death. But uh, thankfully, everything came out okay. And like you said, he was able to recover. And then he did send me a message later on saying he went to the doctor and it was just one of those fluke things. And, but yeah, it was, um, it was just one of those situations that you have to deal with right, yeah. there, right then and there. You don't have a second opportunity. Absolutely. And you know, the whole intersection of preparation and opportunity, it may not be the opportunity that you want, <laughs> right? But, but like you said, you got to tap into that training that you had and um, and then I also thought about this experience as just don't discount your past. Um, and as far as the training that you've received, you know, I refer to like my master's degree was in human relations or it's in human relations and it's a unique degree at the University of Oklahoma. But I took it just to fill a square and get promoted while I was in the Air Force. I admit it was just like, let me get this done so I can get promoted and all that good stuff. And, and it worked. That was great. But I thought I would never use that. Until I became an organizer. Yeah. And then it was like, ah, okay. And so then sometimes you find yourself tapping into that. And again, at that intersection of preparation and opportunity. So my whole point is that, you know, just don't discount your past. Reflect and think about the things that have brought you to where you are today. And, right. And uh, whether it be training or things that you've learned in the past, it could help you. Yeah. In your current situation. So. Yeah. Whether it's, whether it's education or experience. And that's what these lessons learned things are all about, right? So what's the next one? Okay, this is actually the last one. It's podcasting in the woods. 
So Dan and I decided to do a podcast out in the woods while we were camping. The problem was we didn't have a site with electrical hookups, so we commandeered a vacant spot and plugged in for an hour so we could record. We kind of looked funny with our headphones, mics, and mixing boards set up on a campground picnic table, but it was a great <laughs> episode, at least we think it was, um, and we had a lot of fun recording the show. Yeah, we did. And, you know, we didn't want to let those who listened to the show down. We knew we were going to only record an episode every two weeks while we were going through the vacation, and we knew it would be tough on the road, and we didn't want to let small obstacles step in our way. That's right. It's like I always used to tell people that that say, well, we can't do that, well, we can't do that. Well, how come it's so easy for you to get to can't? Yeah. You know, how come it's not, how come it's, uh, you don't see how you can get to yes, we can. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's that negative attitude that really always put me off. And it's something I've always worked hard to try not to have. I think we all have it occasionally. But show me how you can do it. Don't tell me how you can't yeah, do it. Yeah, I used it. to hate bosses that used to say that. Don't yeah. tell me, you know, I don't want to hear you can't. Tell me how we can't make it happen. I'm like, you want the impossible. Until I got into one of those positions where I'm like, don't tell me you can't. Yeah. Don't stop at the small obstacles. What's the workaround? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, tell me if um, if there's something that's holding you back. If there's something that I can, uh, if I can give you some sort of status, authority, or practical support in order to make something mm-hmm. happen. Tell me if there's an obstacle in your way that I can help you remove, yeah. or tell me what your potential constraints or your limiting factors are, and then and we'll make it happen. Right. You know, it may not be the ideal situation. And just like right there at the campground, it wasn't the ideal situation. Um, you know, we kind of sacrificed the sound quality. We didn't have all of our equipment with us. and But you know what? We were determined to still produce a show. Yeah. And we made it happen. And I, and I might even argue on the sound quality where some people expect, I guess they like, a more of a studio sound from a show. Well, we were camping. I liked the birds chirping in the yeah. background or a, dry, a car that was driving by on the circle there wondering what the heck these two people are in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with headphones and microphones. But, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of cool mm-hmm. and because that's, that's what we were, we were talking about is being out there and enjoying it. And we figured out all of the workarounds that we needed. We had the minimum equipment that was necessary to get the podcast out. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Right. And it just goes to show you, I think, that something that fa- you're faced with that's a challenge, once you get through it and figure out how to get through it, mm-hmm. it not only gives you a sense of satisfaction for having gone through it, but it better enables you to face challenges and obstacles in the future. Right. So th- that's my take on it anyway. Yeah, so we're excited to do future ones on the road too. Heck yeah. Did it Especially, once, we're ready yep, to do it again, ready right? ready to do it again. <laughs> so I guess that's the last one, right? Yeah, that's it. All right, well, so there you have it. And that's uh, that was our little bit of vacation that you got to come along with us on <laughs> after the fact. Right. And it's a little bit about how we lived in a 50-square-foot trailer and how that helped us learn and reinforce some, I'd say, big life lessons. Mm-hmm. And we hope that somehow our experiences can help you, too. And I At would least just, have you reflect on your own experiences in ex- the same type of way, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I would say, you know, hopefully you can take out of this um, of the points that we started with. Uh, by sharing your own story, you help others learn and grow and to know you better. Right. So get out there and share your story. And if you've been overcome by the kind of the trappings of the consumer society that we live in in today's world, maybe you can rediscover that it's the simple things in life that are almost always the most satisfying. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's jumping off of the second story of that dock into the water mm-hmm. that, that is going to give you the confidence that you need to do something else mm-hmm. or encourage somebody else to do it. And it's also by capturing and contemplating and sharing those lessons that you learned. You not only help yourself to live better, but you also help other people along the way. I've always said that 
You can teach knowledge, but you can't teach experience. Hmm. But smart people will gain knowledge from the experiences that you share. It's like compound interest that hopefully is passed on exponentially. You share your experience. It tells other people what they can or shouldn't do. And that becomes knowledge, and then they experience it, and they pass on what they learn. You know, and I think that's kind of what we try to do here on the show, is that this whole thing started with us sharing our, our journey. And, and it's amazing the feedback that we get, just sharing our experiences and the lessons that we've learned, good or bad, and how folks are either adopting those same lessons learned or, or trying to adopt new techniques to help either organize or simplify their lives, too. And so if that's the case, if you can do that, if that's the impact that you can have, whether it's one, two, three, or four people... Why not share your stories? Absolutely. So what stories can you share that will help others get to know you better? What are some simple things that bring you the most joy in life? And how about lessons learned? How do you capture those and use them to help better your life or someone else's? We'd love to hear what works for you. So if you'd like, you can share your thoughts with us at simplelifetogether.com slash 043. All right. So let's move on to the thing segment. And this week, my thing is solving something that has been bugging me for a while. The last few shows, I've been catching this little buzz on our recordings a lot. And anytime you deal with audio, there's, uh, there's bound to be some issues. But the kind of the default solution that a lot of people go for is they could get an expensive piece of equipment that cuts out all of these low audio sounds it's called a compressor limiter gate. And honestly, I'd love to have one of those someday, but I really don't need it. And so I was talking to a buddy of mine about this little hum or this hiss, I guess it really is what it is. And he said to try to take a little adapter plug and plug my mixing board into the adapter plug before I plug it into my power. And that will kind of essentially eliminates the ground post. So I did that and it still and that took out a lot of it, but I still had a little bit of buzz. And so I rerouted all my tangled wires so that my audio cables didn't cross power cords which is kind of, you mentioned Ten Commandments of Camping earlier. That's like the number one commandment of audio. You know, (laughs) don't have audio cables cross power cords. (laughs) And so my big takeaway on that was, back in episode four, I talked about Occam's Razor. And and if you recall, that states, of two equivalent theories or explanations, all other things being equal, the simpler one is to be more preferred. And so how does that apply to audio? Or anything else you're doing for that matter? Well, it boils down to basic troubleshooting. You know, if a, if a lamp doesn't work, what's the first thing you check? Make sure it's plugged in. Make sure it's plugged in. <laughs> if it's plugged in, maybe the light bulb is loose. It's probably a simple thing. It's right. probably not aliens came in and rewired your lamp, right? <laughs> so there's no need to jump right for that. And, and I think as a society, we have this tendency now to treat the symptom and not treat the cause. Well, why do you have this malady or condition? Well, it's it's being caused by something, but yet what do we do? We treat the symptom of it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's and it's a good way for people to make money. They they eliminate <laughs> a lot of symptoms. Sure. Anyway, so my thing was kind of getting back to basics and finding out that I didn't need an expensive piece of equipment to get rid of a hiss or a buzz in the audio. I could just go through some basic troubleshooting steps. That's Very my cool. thing. Good job, good job, because it does sound much better. <laughs> Well, my thing was I had the opportunity to give a presentation to a group of mommies, the part of a group called Mops. It's Mothers of Preschoolers. And actually, this one's called Mops Next. So it's when their kids are a little bit older. Anyway, it was really nice because I got some feedback from one of the gals in the audience. And basically, she said when she learned that they were going to have a professional organizer and when she saw me get up to speak, she was wondering where all my organizing products and, and stuff and things were, you know. 
And because I guess that's what she's been used to in the past was seeing, you know, organizers talk about products and containers and things like that, which are all great. And I love all that stuff. I geek out on it. But she said, you know, I was totally expecting something different. I wasn't expecting you to talk about priorities and boundaries and routines and all these things really hit home. And she was just telling me that they just totally hit home with her and that she was just sitting there, sitting there taking all kinds of notes and that she was just so thrilled and excited to check out the website and to check out the, the Simple Life Together podcast because it was like, she was saying, I'm a very organized person, but it's not always the stuff that helps you get organized. And that's my thing is that it's not always the stuff and the things that are going to help you along the way. It was for this in particular was getting back to identifying what your priorities are and identifying systems and, and routines that will work to help you get organized. It's, it's eliminating excess. And again, to me, it's all, it always comes back to identifying priorities. Right. And so it was kind of cool that she recognized that because that's the message I'm trying to get out there. It's not always about the stuff. It's about identifying what's, what's the real priorities in your life. Yeah. It's so. the free stuff. It's the, fr- it's the free there you go. ways to operate or uh, routines that you set in place that can make a lot more difference than the, than the box or container that you can buy. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter, or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. And there are links to our Google Plus profiles on the website. And we do have an announcement this week, a uh, different one than you've been hearing lately. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a second about the 2013 Podcast Awards. I was talking with some fellow podcasters, and the subject of the annual Podcast Awards came up. And I hadn't really given it too much thought, but they said they were going to nominate Simple Life Together for the awards. So I guess um, this is how it works. There's a nomination phase, and then in November, there's a voting phase. So what happens is, first we need to collect a bunch of nominations, and then the top nominated shows enter a voting phase in November. So, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, well, what the heck? Let's go for it. And I I figured that by now we must have at least helped people simplify their lives enough so that they can take two minutes to go to podcastawards.com and nominate Simple Life Together, right? So we'll see. if, If we have and you'd like to help us out, just go to podcastawards.com and nominate Simple Life Together for the People's Choice Award and in the education category. And there's also a little orange pop-out banner on our website, too, at SimpleLifeTogether.com. So you can click there to vote as well. While you're there, you can vote for other shows and other categories, too. Uh, It's a great way to show your appreciation for podcasters who provide you with great free content. Oh, that's nice. And I know we'll be voting for lots of shows we enjoy, like Mommy's Cocktail Hour, Who Day Weekly, Music Radio Creative, and lots more. So here's your chance to show us podcasters some love. Some loving. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, we also had a little bit of feedback this week. So, Vanessa, why don't you cover that, too? Yeah. So one of our neighbors to the north, Beausé-Anne from Canada, says, great work. This is a great resource for those seeking to simplify whatever your reason or to just live better. Vanessa and Dan clearly pour their hearts into this work, and these are pretty intense folks, so the content is very well done and always informative. I have found it invaluable. They offer a clever and engaging combination of wit, homespun humor, love, and intelligence that is rare except in the best of friends. Somehow they squeeze that into a podcast and onto the web without making it a lecture or exercise routine. This is why I enjoy Americans so much. Keep up the great work, guys. Many, many thanks. That is very, very cool. Thank you. Thank you, Bose An, for that. Okay, so that's it for episode 43 of Simple Life Together. So today we talked about making the most of life's experiences by enjoying the simple things, telling your story, and passing on your lessons learned to others. We shared a few personal examples of our own, and we hope to hear some of your stories too. 
My thing was busting out Occam's razor to solve this audio hiss problem I've been having. And Vanessa's thing was her mops presentation and her message that the stuff isn't going to fix the problems. It's identifying your priorities that will. As usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 043. And if you'd really like to help us out, please go to podcastawards.com and nominate Simple Life Together for the People's Choice Award and in the education category. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life too. We'd really love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your Simple Life Together. 